right, good. All right, we're going to be back in Romans again. Romans chapter 5, as you make your way there. Um, you know, the, we just finished up the section of chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And we talked about the five uh, assurances that a, a new Christian or any Christian can have for that matter. Now we have a peace with God, a standing in grace, we can glory in God. And those five things we talked about, and I don't want to just rehash those, but the important thing to remember about that is that all those things came through faith in Christ. Through faith in Christ. And today we're going to expand on that. And I don't know if you really noticed it, uh, but if you remember back back in the days when we were in Joshua talking about, uh, we, we noted that Joshua would, when he was telling the story, he would go through the story one time and give a few details. Then he'd come right back around and go through it again and give more details. And he'd come around again and give more details. And you can see the same thing that Paul is doing here in Romans. He starts out giving us a real rough bird's eye view of the gospel. And he's gone through it once already with more details. And now we've already we've started again. We're going through again to look at these same things over again with deeper and more details. And uh, let's go ahead and read Romans chapter 5, and I'll begin reading in verse 12. It says, Wherefore, by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so passed upon all men, for all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgressions. Who is the figure of him that was to come? But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not uh, as it was by one that sin, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall, shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore, as by one the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. 
For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered, that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to look, to look into your word. And Father, we ask that you just help us. Help us to understand your word. Father, help us to apply it to our heart. Help it to come out our feet and our mouth to other people, Father, as we go and tell others. And Father, we just thank you for the blessing of your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right. Sin by one man. By one man. By one man's sin. What is sin? Well, sin is a transgression of the law. And I was reading in uh, the theological, the New Testament theological dictionary, and there's a pretty extensive explanation what sin is. And maybe one day I'll kind of condense that and and preach that to you. But for now, just let it be suffice that uh, sin is a transgression of the law. Can you still hear me? Okay. Because uh, uh, you can hear me. That's what counts. I'll trust that you hear me. All right. First John 3, 4 said, Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And if you recall, and if you've ever read through the New Testament, my wife and I are, are reading through the book of Numbers there. And you know what? There's a lot of laws that Israel could trespass by. Not only were there 10 commandments that they had to keep, and by trespassing one of those was sin, but there were all those ceremonial laws that they must keep. Good, James, it's good to see you sitting over there. Proud of you. Anyway, those ceremonial laws, it was sin if they didn't keep those as well. You know, for example, if they brought in the first fruits or the first sheep of their, at the beginning of the year when all the, the lambs were born, after they were born, and they brought one that was blemished, that was sin. Or if they didn't, if they did a little more on the Sabbath day than they were supposed to, it was sin. So there's a lot of all those 537 laws or whatever it is that by not keeping any one of those is sin. And it helped me to understand how great our sin really is. And I don't want to get too far into that because 
I'll be out running myself here. Um, but the but the sin is a transgression of the law. And then he goes on, he says, who by one man? Well, which man was it that brought sin to the whole humanity? Well, Adam is that man. And Adam is the one, Adam had one law to keep, just one. But yet he violated it. Uh, Genesis 16, 2, 16 and 17 says that, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, So this is the commandment. This is the one rule that Adam had, the one law that he had, that he had to keep. Well, actually, there were more as, as I was I was reading this and thinking about this. It started breaking down in my mind how that there was really more than just one law that he had. But the main one here that would cause death was this. Verse 16, it says, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. This is the hinge pin of sin right here. Some of those other things that broke down in my mind that were commandments that they were to do hinged on this one. Once they broke this one, then it became sinful. That's when it became sin for all of humanity. Men are not sinners because they sin, but they sin because they're sinners. In other words, we sin because we have a nature that wants to rebel against God. That nature wants to be God. That nature wants to be as God, free to do and only responsible to ourselves. That's that nature that we have in us that makes it difficult for us as Christians to try to live a Christian life because we got that sin that keeps wanting to come back. But the Bible says we got to take every thought captive. Because that's where many of our sins are in our thoughts. And sin entered into the world, verse 12, continuing in that verse, uh, wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. The sin of Abraham brought sin to the whole human family. Look at, uh, turn over one, if you're in Genesis, turn to, chapter 3 and look at that I'll look at a few verses there Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 it says now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and he said unto the woman yea hath God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden I want you to notice something that we often overlook here but notice the serpent. The serpent wants to be something other than a serpent. 
God created the serpents. He created everything. And he says to go and be fruitful and multiply in the earth. But for whatever reason, this serpent wanted more than that. Just like Satan wanted more than being the Friday morning star. He wanted more. And if you remember when Jesus, uh, I think it was in Matthew, early in Matthew, he talked about, he went across the sea and he come out and this guy had like a hundred demons in, in him. And, and those demons asked Jesus not to just put him out, put him out in the, in the middle of nowhere. He said, let us go into these, these swine, these pigs over here, rather than put us out in the middle of, in the wilderness. And the, the important thing there is about that story is that those pigs, those hogs, didn't want to be anything more than what God created them to be. And that's hogs. And what did they do? It's better for, in hog language, it's better for me to run off in, into the sea and drown than to be something other than what God created me to be. So you got two creatures that God created. One wanted more and one was content with what they were. All right, let's continue in Genesis chapter three, verse two, it says, and the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Either Adam, either Adam taught Eve wrong, or Eve just added that hedge around the knowledge of good and evil, because she just added that when she recited it back to the serpent, she says, we're not even supposed to touch that tree. Well, that's not what God said. She put a hedge around it. You know, when I went, when I was in uh, Zimbabwe, we went over to Victoria Falls and they don't have, you know, they can't go down to Ace Hardware and buy a roll of barbed wire. So they planted bougainvilleas and those bougainvilleas, they stretched the vines out and staked them up. And I don't know if you've ever been close to a bougainvillea, but I guarantee you won't stay there long because there's thorns and those things are sharp. And that's what they use to keep people from going over the edge of the big Victoria Falls because they wanted to get closer and look down. They put those thorns up there and that's what that's a hedge that the Africans put up there to keep people from falling into that, falling to their death down in the falls. And that's what Eve or Adam, I don't know which one put it there, but they said, we're not even allowed to go there near that tree and touch it. So they put up a hedge. Um, verse four, it says, and the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. 
For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as the gods, knowing good and evil. So just as that serpent had decided to be more than just a serpent, he's tempting Eve, enticing Eve with the same thing. You can be more than just Eve. You can be like God, knowing good and evil. In verse 6 it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and the and the tr a tree to be desired to make one wise, you see, she wanted to be more. She thought she could be wiser than God. She took of the, tr the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. You know, that's the problem with our own reasoning. It's because we get tunnel vision, especially when it entices our heart. We say, you know what, I can just do that one time and I'll be okay. Now, I heard a story of someone that had tried meth just one time, the first little breath of that stuff. And as soon as he did it, he knew that's all he wanted for the rest of his life. And that's the, tr that's the trouble with sin. want it for the rest of our life. We don't want God to rule over us. I remember when I was struggling with the sovereignty of God and salvation. I really had to stand back and I know Kim and I talked about this a lot um, out on 70. But we talked when I struggled with that and I really sat down and said, you know, why am I struggling with God's sovereignty so much? Why am I? I prayed about it. It was really simple. It was sin. Because I didn't want God to have that much control over my life. I wanted to be that free agent. Free to do whatever I want to. And only responsible to myself. And that's the same thing that all y'all struggle with too, with God's sovereignty. We don't want God to have that much control over us. We don't want to be what God created us to be. The nature that wants to rebel against God is passed to every person. Drop down there uh, in Genesis chapter 3 to verse 20. Now, I've read this a lot of times until I was really understanding the impact of how sin is passed to every person. And it's right here in verse 20. 
It says, Adam's wife, and Adam called his wife Eve. Now watch this next part here. It says, because she was the mother of all living. That's how our sin nature is passed to us. Because we have Adam as a father and Eve as a mother. As far back as we can go, we can trace our lineage all the way back to the beginning. That's our mother and father. That's how sin, the sin nature I'm talking about, is passed to all of us. All our four, all of my forefathers have brought me is a sin nature. All your forefathers have brought you just a sin nature. In other words, the only children that we can have are sinners. Psalms 51.5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, from conception, we're conceived sinners. 1 Corinthians 15.21 and 22 says, For since by one man, by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Sin by death, verse 12, in Romans 5 says, uh, And sin by death, and death by sin, so death passed unto all men, for all have sinned. How do we know that sin came by one man's sin? How do we know that? Because death reigns, because all men die. Let me just go through the list here. Genesis 5, it says, All the days of Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. All the days of Seth were 920 years, or 12 years, and he died. All the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And all the days of Cana, were 910 years and he died. All the days of Mahalalel were 895 years and he died. All the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. All the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. And all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. Then God destroyed all men with the flood. You see, that genealogy points out the fact that not only were they fruitful and multiplied, but they all died. They all died. You know, every one of us it's going to die to get out of this life. We're dying to get out of this life. 
appointed to man once to die, and after that the judgment. Man died, men died from, from Adam to Moses. Look at verse 14. I'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. I heard one preacher said that death is the king. We all succumb to it. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. You see, from Adam to Moses, there were no additional laws. The law had not yet been given. Moses was the one that received the law and gave it to Israel. But yet, every man died because that sin nature was passed from Adam to every man. And I mean every human. So it's an inheritance we give. We don't often think of a negative inheritance that's what it is. Sin equals death. Man died even when they had, they weren't, most of those men weren't anywhere around when Adam sinned. And we can certainly say the same thing. I wasn't anywhere near when Adam sinned, but yet I have that sin nature and it brings death. They were not present when Adam sinned, but yet they died because the sin nature was passed from the, from Adam. It is the sin nature that brings death to all people. Notice God's, this is amazing thing I, I learned about this. Right here. If you don't get anything else about what I've said already, if you couldn't hear what I said, Please hear this. That it was one sin that brought death to humanity. Just one. So what does that mean? That means any one of my sins could bring death to all humanity. That's how much God hates sin. Just by one sin. You know, we like to categorize our sins. We like to put them on that scale from really bad sins to not so bad skin sins. We accept the fact that, you know, that really bad sin can send people to death. For eternity. But what about that sin we like to just call that little white lie? Or what about that sin that when we don't worship God the way He prescribes? It's still sin. When we get the impact 
of how great sin is, then we, then we can really begin to know what grace is. How great grace is. How merciful God is. When he, just, when he doesn't just throw us all into hell right away. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's long-suffering. And don't take advantage of that long-suffering of God saying to yourself, oh, i got plenty of time. Don't, don't do that. If you know there's sin in your life, Confess it. Confess it early. Don't let it fester in your heart and grow and get worse and worse. Don't harden your heart to it. And if you've never trusted Christ, do so. Because that's the only escape we have. It's through Christ. It's only through Christ. Christ alone. Through faith. Just simply believing that Christ died for our sin. Giving your life to Christ. Giving your life to God. Do so. Let's stand and pray. Father, again, we thank you for your amazing grace. Truly is sweet to hear. Father, we thank you for it. We praise you and we honor you and we we thank you for your long-suffering and your mercy. And Father, we ask that you just help us just call that one. Do that thing that only you can do, and that's save people. Give them a new heart. Father, help us as Christians to be thankful for what you've done. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. So please remain standing for our song. Please join us.